freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 396 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is the Patriot Barbie, and our guest is Lindsey Graham. Lindsay, who is nationally known as the Patriot Barbie, but I would call a superhero, <laughs> defied the lockdown in Oregon, where she reopened and single-handedly took out the triant Took on the, the tyrannical government. government. After losing six businesses and being threatened, harassed, and tormented by the media, Antifa, the governor of Oregon, and the BLM activists, Lindsay and her family moved to Arizona for safety and freedom. Starting over, she became a loud and bold conservative activist, influencer, podcast host, author, and firebrand media personality. Well, welcome to the show and to Arizona, Lindsay. Thank you. I love it here. I could never, never go back to Oregon. I love Arizona way too much. I belong here. Absolutely. Well, your spirit for sure was very much not Oregonian, which is a sad thing to say. You know, yeah. our whole show is designed to to talk to people in a middle space, right? They're mm -hmm. not pegged out as, you know, in, in one political arena or another. We're trying to help them understand that the Second Amendment is in the Bill of Rights, which is for everyone. Um, and so it's weird that we even have states now that it's sort of like, oh, if you're a freedom lover, don't move there. Exactly. Yeah. And it's true to Oregonians. Um, after I left, I saw a mass influx of people leaving and just saying, you know what, it's it's such a bummer, but the the leadership up there does not respect any of her, you know, citizens' freedoms. And so people were leaving and going to freer states like they made their own, you know, they made their own bed. And so when you were making that move, and first of all, thank you for coming from a, a non-freedom loving state and not voting that that's the thing that drives me nuts right people come from california or washington or oregon to arizona and then they just immediately start voting in the same yeah. junk yeah. that was so oppressive to their taxes and their way of life and their individual liberties yeah. um and thank you for a not doing that but what why arizona i mean sometimes people think ah texas it's the bastion of mm -hmm. freedom you know or someplace like that what made you think of arizona well, um, my dad had moved down here about three years before us, and he would rave and rave about it, the weather and, you know, the, the outdoor activities. And um, we, when we were fighting the government and Antifa and BLM up in Oregon, um, we had gotten canceled to the point of not being able to be successful in Oregon with six businesses, like we were blacklisted. And we looked around everything we had built 
And it just, we had no intention of moving ever. Like we were going to be Oregonians for life. And all of a sudden we just saw our whole life crumble. And, and my mother-in-law, my husband's mom wanted to move to Arizona as well. And it was weird because we were so bummed that all of our family was moving to Arizona and it was never going to be an option for us because we had six businesses in Oregon. Well, then it's like, literally God went and said, I'm going to take these from you because I've got something better. And it wasn't necessarily a God moment. My faith was still kind of lukewarm at that point. But I, I sat, I, I mean, I remember the moment I sat in my living room in Oregon. I looked around, we had just built a custom home, our forever home. And I knew that my life was over as I, as I knew it. And my mother-in-law said, maybe you guys should move to Arizona with us. And I, I literally just went, okay, wow. I, there's nothing left for us here. Okay. Wow. It was like a, okay, just fine. Just a release. We didn't, we didn't yeah, we didn't want to move. I'm like getting teary eyed. We didn't want to move. We didn't think to move. It was almost like God just reached down and said, let me just handle this for you. Because if we would have chosen, maybe we would have chosen Florida or Texas. Mm-hmm. But all of our family was moving to Arizona. And it was like this one rare moment in our life when we had lost everything that was keeping us there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, the decision was made for us and it's been the best decision ever. You know, it's weird because like Oregon needs people like you, yeah. but they, but we need you too, because <laughs> the people that are moving from Oregon and keeping the old ways and trying to influence Arizona we need strong people here too, but it's yeah. a shame because what's going to happen to Oregon now? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. w- when all the strong people leave, what mm-hmm. what's going to be left? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that is really sad to think about because I know there are people up there. There's people I know and love up there that are genuinely stuck. They cannot move. They cannot run for their lives. And I'm thankful that I was able to. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think needs to happen is I think these these communities need to fall. They need to collapse upon themselves for the leadership and the people that voted for these people to actually see what happens when the capitalists, what happens when the people that value freedom and family values and and morals and um, true justice, um, when they leave, you are left with anarchy. And so they need to see, they need to see the repercussions of their behavior. So you are now on the other side of all of that. And I can still remember watching, it was probably Fox news one night and I saw your, your face for the first time. And I thought, holy cow, this woman, you have a, a, a beauty spa, a beauty salon, right? This woman has more backbone than most of the people who I would say are in this, you know, pro to a pro, you know, patriotism movement. And you inspired me through the airwaves to say, yeah, we, I, we give those inches that turn into miles way too often. Mm -hmm. And here, this woman you know, somebody could discount you. And like, I think even your, your name there, the Patriot Barbie, wasn't it supposed to be sort of a backwards backhanded attempt to slander you on from the people on the, the side of the Antifas and stuff. Yeah. And so people could say, oh, well, she, she, she does hair, you know, she does right. makeup and stuff. What, who cares, you know? Yeah. And yet you're the voice that again, I'm going to give credit to God 
God mm-hmm. chose to shout through that TV screen to me to give me encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that you're on the other side of that and all of that that was coming at you would have crushed so many people, any lesser person. Um, what does that look like now? Are there things you would have done differently in that journey? Or do you think that it took every single word and every single step that you took? I'm glad. Um, I'm glad you said the word lesser person, because I've, I've used that terminology before and lesser person doesn't mean necessarily like a weaker person or, um, I'm not above anybody, of course, but I believe it's what, you know, God was using me for in that moment. And the cancel culture, um, is, is so horrific, Mm. so horrific that I have said, and I would continue to say a lesser person would have committed suicide. Yeah. It was by my mother died in 2009 when I was young. This was harder than that. (laughs) It was the epitome of a, a physical, emotional, spiritual beat down to the point where you think you really shouldn't, you shouldn't be on this earth. Nobody likes you. You're a terrible person. And that was hard. Um, but I will say that that was only hard for probably a week. And God gave me the strength to bounce back from that. And that experience gave me the moment when I had to turn to, to Christ for my identity because if you think the whole world hates you, what yeah. do you have to live for? Well, I have my children to live for and my family. And I knew too, um, I wasn't suicidal, by the way. I knew um, that they were purposely trying to make me feel this way, that it was a spiritual attack. And I have gone back and, and looked at what I've lost, which was this huge, beautiful, secure income. Mm-hmm. Um, six businesses, our custom home that we built, a, a life and friends in Oregon. And there is no way that I can say I regret anything because just like the butterfly effect effects, just what God does, every single horrific message, every phone call, every email, everything, every threat Mm -hmm. had to happen for us to get to the point where we were so devastated that we would do what we did, which is leave everything behind, close up shop, sell things and essentially run for our lives to a new state. I cannot imagine being back in Oregon and being a hairstylist and being back in that life. It looks like someone else's life because God has shown me very clearly that this fight is more important. This fight has purpose and I don't discredit people who are hairstylists. God uses everyone where they're at, but he wanted me to be here. And he wanted me to be the Patriot Barbie and he wanted me to get canceled so that I would have no fear of getting canceled again and be able to speak up for, for these things. So I I can't regret, I can't regret a single moment. Well, it looks to me like, you know, Oregon needs to completely get destroyed before it can build back up again. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what you did with your life. You let everything go. You gave up everything to rebuild your life and it's only going to be stronger. Mm-hmm. It's only yes. going to be better. All those evil emails and things that you got, every one of them made you a little bit stronger. We could call and, you the And patron. you know what else too is, is reading those emails, which I still get like daily, by the way, <laughs> hateful emails from the left. Imagine that. They, I look at them now and I, I get a little bit sad for them. And then I laugh and say, 
I would, I would never take the time out of my day mm -hmm. to hate someone that much or, and especially send an email telling them how much I hate them that much. And it, <laughs> it reiterates their hate makes me completely confident that we are in a spiritual battle and that I'm on the side of right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, listening to what Dan just said, and you just said, I feel like we could call you the, the, the Patriot Phoenix, right? Rising <laughs> from the ashes of what was and, and what a reprioritization that really only God can do for us, right? The things that we used to think were so important. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we look back and we're like, oh, I mean, it was, it was valuable to me and it's, you know, it's valuable to a lot of people, but what I'm doing now, would I ever have traded it? Never in a million right. years would I go back? And I think that's a powerful statement. Um, when you came out here to Arizona, um, did you restart businesses? Like, tell us, tell us what that journey was that you're, were any of your businesses things you could bring with you? You know, like our show pretty much can go with me wherever I go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when we moved, I, I, I would like to, in full disclosure, be honest that I wasn't ready to let go of the things that God was trying to, to take from me. Um, I tried to, I flew back up to Oregon once a month and I did my client's hair as a source yeah. of income because we had oh. no income in Arizona right. right? for a solid year. I flew back up to Oregon and for five days straight, I would work from like 8am to 10pm oh doing hair and then fly home. And, um, I closed my salon and went up and just did hair at someone else's salon for a while. Um, when I finally, I mean, I feel like God was like, okay, you're not willing to let it go. Let me just slowly kind of remove from you. I started, clients started lose, leaving because I was only there for a week and it didn't work with their schedule. And oh, you know, just all kinds of reasons, right? A lot of my clients moved out of Oregon. So I was like, oh, well, I'm losing clients because you guys are moving. And so after a year of that, exactly, it was time to let it go. So I let it go. And then I said, you know what, I'll just, uh, I'll try to do hair in, in Arizona. I had not embraced the Patriot Barbie quite yet. Like it was there. It was a, it was a hobby. My husband was like, what are you doing with that? I'm like, I'm just having fun, you know, going to political events and speaking. And around that time, I, I kept trying to pursue the careers that I'd been used to that were comfortable with doing hair. And I just had no passion left had no motivation. I try, I got my real estate license and I was like, okay, I'll be a, a real estate agent. I'll specialize in people moving from blue States. Right. And God just kept closing that door. And it was like all these things, but these were financially motivated, right? I need to provide for our family. I'm used to being a working mom. I need a career. He just kept closing the doors. And then I finally sat down and wrote my book, which is something he called me to do. And the process of writing the book was me acknowledging that I had been through something that no one else on earth exactly had been through. Mm -hmm. And that I don't believe God would let me go through something like that. And just to have a great story to tell around the campfire mm -hmm. that he wanted to use it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I prayed that he would open the doors for me that he wants me to go through and that he would shut and continue to shut the doors that yeah. did not lead to whatever path he wanted me to be on. And as weird as it sounds, it, he, it was just like, you're Patriot Barbie. You're going to be an activist. Sorry, there's no money involved. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. That's <laughs> um, true. Yeah. And um, my husband was able to do like some real estate investing and 
provide for us while I decided to play, quote, play Patriot Barbie, as we called it. And I, I believe that, that, you know, just like in Oregon, all of that had to happen. I had to realize that I had a bigger purpose and the bigger purpose is to be a voice and be an activist and use the platform that God gave me to glorify him, but also speak up for those who aren't able to. And so, um, I, we don't own any businesses in Arizona. We just launched a clothing line, but it's full on like Patriot Jesus. So I'm like, you can't cancel me. We kind of are what we are. Like we already stand for this. So it's not, you can't come out later and try to call us racist, you know, home. So, um, so yeah, that's where we're at now is the only business we own is I have my podcast, Patriot Barbie podcast. I have a book and then we have our apparel line, which is crown of country. I love that. You're wearing one of your designs today. Yes. I'll show you guys and glory. Yeah. The guns and glory shall not be infringed. I love it. We have it in a t-shirt too. I love it. Yeah. This is sweatshirt weather. We, we get it for a minute and a half. So we enjoy our, our sweaters and our sweatshirts, but mostly t-shirts. Um, well, that's, that is an incredible journey to go on. And, you know, you are so right. The being an uh, advocate, I, I consider myself an advocate for the Second Amendment, but it takes act, you know, acting. So I understand right. the activist uh, part of part of that, but there, it is nothing that you can make money on. So mm-hmm. I volunteer all of my hours, and thank God my <laughs> husband. <laughs> is okay with that. But I only work until 10 at night every yeah, night. Yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's only okay. a few hours a day. But uh but we're a good team in that way and God has has provided in that way. And our mm-hmm. daughter works with us now in our auction house and oh, that's awesome. Um, but freedom's not free. It isn't free. No. Mm-hmm. Don't have a passion like a deep-seated burning passion. Uh you're not going to do this work for very long because right. it, you know, uh, thankless in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm so encouraged by you that you, um, are having such, um, a platform you've built a platform. God's given you a platform and you're stepping into it mm-hmm. and being a good steward of all the things that he placed in you, um, to do that, which brings me to an event that I am, so excited about, and I get to help organize every year that you are going to take the stage and be a speaker at, and that is our 10th annual celebrate and protect the second amendment rally event on February, Saturday, February 18, 2023. I would say the, the, the year, because these podcasts lives forever. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, um, and you are going to come on and you're going to talk to us about why, why is it important, this work we do, this activism, this mm-hmm. advocacy. And so tell folks now, like, give us a little preview. What, why is all of that so important? Well, there's a part of my story that um, did not make national news. Um, it made a lot of local news, but I don't think they wanted to broadcast this part of my story. Um after I became kind of a national public figure in Oregon for defying mandates, um, it was very clear that the, the line was drawn between the left and the right and the left absolutely hated me. And uh, when the George Floyd riots started, um, 
it was either Antifa or BLM. Someone had shared with me a post where they were threatening to burn down my salon first. It was a call to action to burn down my salon and quote, kick Lindsey Graham's ass. And so it got shared to me so many times and I went, oh my gosh, like they, they probably will. I've seen what they do on the news. Mm-hmm. My salon is all glass. Um, if nothing else, they could have just thrown a Molotov cocktail through the window. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't realize the reach that I had at that point, but I found out pretty quick because I posted a call to arms um, for downtown Salem. And I said, I do not, you know, I've been fighting for three weeks against the government to keep this salon open. There's no way I'm letting someone burn it down in the name of racial justice, right? I'm not a racist and this town isn't racist and that doesn't make sense. And so um, that spread like wildfire. I mean, I didn't realize how important this was to so many people because I don't know if you know this, but I wasn't political at this at this time at all. I mean, I voted Republican my whole life. Um, and I would say that I had conservative values, but I, I stayed away from politics. And I just kind of was shocked that it was so clear this mm-hmm. certain type of person thinks I'm a hero and this certain type of person thinks I'm the devil. Mm-hmm. And that post got shared, I think, 70,000 times. Wow. And 400 people showed up into downtown Salem utilizing their Second Amendment rights. And it was military, ex-military, veterans, ex-police officers, um, a lot of the groups that would be considered far right, um, even motorcycle gangs showed up and just said, hey, this girl stood up for our freedom, like we want to protect her. And, you know, I don't have a vetting process. I just did a call to arms and they showed up. But um, I was running ops, like people from other businesses were texting me saying, I, I'm not in town. Can you, can you get, have my business protected? And I was like, yes. I'd send three guys down to wow. the candy factory or whatever it was. And Antifa did uh, riot and they threw, you know, urine filled bottles at the police and they marched wow. right past my salon and nothing was done to downtown Salem. I mean, nothing. So wow. later, um, the police, someone from the police station called me and said, you know, you've seen Portland, it's burning. It's like literally still burning. If, if you hadn't done what you done, had done, if you hadn't done what you did, Salem would, would be Portland right now because we showed them and, and, and I was not down there all those nights. I was down there the first night. And then I was my, I hit my emotional wall. Mm. Um, but they stayed down there for three, four, five nights, as long as the riots were violent. And it's like, we, we told them you will not bully us. And no one was shot. No, no shots were even fired. Everyone was educated with their weapons. Everyone was trained. Everyone had self-control. There was not a threat. And so um, this didn't make the news because it would showcase that, Hey, if you do stand outside your your salon, at using your Second Amendment rights to protect your business, right. nothing will happen to it. So, that yeah. That is amazing. It really, truly, the Second Amendment is that or else, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, we're we're just saying, this is our, our boundary. Mm-hmm. This is where we are standing. And if you don't have that or else, you have Portland. When you yep. do have that or else, 
just the fact that it is there didn't have to be used. As you said, there yes. was no yep. triggers pulled. Um, right. It changed the entire dynamic. And um, remind me, Dan, you'll, you'll remember this maybe better than I will, but remember the Koreans on what rooftops like that has become, yeah. you know, re Oh, back in California recycled. many years ago. Yeah. And it was during the, what was the, the guy? Lots riots or something. I, I can't remember the, the guy, the guy that I, mm -hmm. I understand it either pulled out of a truck, mm -hmm. pulled out of a semi truck. And said, and Can't we all just get along? Rodney King. Oh, Rodney. King? King, it was King. Wasn't okay, it? Rodney King. I think, man, I should have looked that up, uh, but I didn't know History I was going to go there. But, but so yes, so we even remember now. You know, the Koreans on rooftops. They they had their firearms. They were protecting their businesses. Um, and they were ridiculed for that too, by the way. Even though they course. did, they saved their their businesses. Of but. course. And so mm -hmm. now we have, um, you know, Barbie with bullets or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Barbie. I actually like the Phoenix, the Patriot Phoenix too. I'm kind of thinking like, Ooh, how can I, how can I use those? Yeah, for sure. That's, that's yeah. yours. Run with that. Uh, because I think you embodied it. You lived it. You, you should get to use it. Um, but I, these stories, I mean, this is real life. When we go in, I'm part of a group called the DC project. See the teal sign behind me. I do. Uh, when we go in and talk to our legislators, we're not lobbyists. We're just I'm a mom, I'm a grandma, right? And I just talk from my experience. I don't go in there with, you know, taglines and, um, you know, uh, catchphrases that you hear on the news. I just say, look, this bill that you want to pass or whatever, this is how it impacts me as a human being. Because that is my story and they can't negate my story. You know, right. they don't have yep. to, you know, I, I at least cause a little bit of cognitive dissonance, if nothing else. Yes. Um, when I talk to the people that that hate the idea that we have guns. And that's what you just shared with us. That was just your personal mm -hmm. journey and your personal story. And I even myself am feeling like, man, if I'm telling people, hey, the candy store down the street needs your help, you're the guys with the firearms. I'm going to feel like, oh my gosh, what's my liability in this? Should I call my lawyer? Like right. we get so wrapped around those wheels <laughs> instead of just doing what we know needs to be done. Yeah. And so um, thank you for sharing that. And I, I'm, I don't know if that's exactly what you're going to share with our, our crowd on uh, rally day, but that right there would do it. Okay. Well, I'll share that and I'll <laughs> expand upon it I on it. why well, I know, believe that was the right choice. This rally that we have is super important because we're starting to see a change in Arizona like what happened in Oregon. Mm -hmm. We are seeing uh, more politicians elected that maybe have more uh, liberal views. Mm -hmm. And it's it's we need to stand up and we need to yep. let people know that get off the couch and get down here and, and speak, listen, and react, right? Even Absolutely. That more liberal views. Like why, why do we make the language what it really is? Like you are a constitutionalist right? or mm -hmm. you're a non anti-constitutionalist. Like why, why have we started hiding what we really believe in, in these terms that could really mean anything? Trying to be nice, right? Liberal is a nice way to say. Gosh, and you know what? Like you're for liberty, right? Yeah. And, and liberal is, is sort of what it had, has already kind of tried to, you know, you don't say Democrat anymore because that's too, right, polarizing. So, And then you can't say, um, 
I don't even know what else you can't say, but we've gone from calling it Democrat to uh, the left to mm -hmm. liberals to it's like, well, how much more can we sugarcoat the idea? Mm -hmm. You guys believe this very direct and pertinent way. And that way is anti-freedom. So we could call you right. anti-freedomists. I mean, but then yes. it's basically like, well, an anti-freedomist is a liberal. A liberal is a leftist. A leftist yeah. is a Democrat. I mean, well, they have, they are so good at calling us far right, but I'm like, you're far left. You're I know. I'm like, <laughs> you say, you say far right, like it's a bad thing. Yeah. Like, I'm like, if, yep. Proudly far right. Very right, far. If, if far, if far right makes me a constitutionalist, absolutely. I wear it proudly. And yeah. because that Overton window has shifted over the years of what is socially and culturally acceptable, it has shifted so far to the left. Why are you giggling? Because I just think, okay, we have people that believe in the constitutions, constitutionalists, right? Mm -hmm. And then we have turds. <laughs> John, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't say it because that's well, you just, just did being, say it. Oh my god. You know, you, you know, this is America. It was founded by the constitution and we should follow the constitution or get out. Yeah. Yep. You know, yep. That's it. We're trying I mean, to change it. If you don't yeah. like the country, what well, right? I didn't like right. Oregon. And I, right. I could have stayed and tried to change it, but I left. Right. I went to somewhere where where my freedom was valued. If you don't like America, you don't yeah. like what we stand for, if you don't like people having guns, go to Australia. They don't yeah. have guns there. Right. Doesn't scare you so much? Go. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. And 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 I do think that, you know, that that progression, what we would have called the left or the progressives or the liberals, really they've become Marxists. Like if you mm -hmm. look up what um Marxism oh. is, that's yep. really where that ideology has Turns. has moved to. Stop it. And so, you know, if if that means I'm staying on that edge over here, trying to push the window back to the constitution. Okay. I'll wear yep. it. Yeah. Call me that all day long. Because you can't that call Republican. Not all Republicans are constitutionalists that's either. True. That's, that's true. the problem. That's but that's so, again, why we don't say, yeah, you, you almost just say freedom and anti-freedom people. I yeah, like it. Right. I like it. Um, we've got to start m m wrapping up a little bit here, but um definitely one of the questions I wanted to ask you from your perspective after what you've experienced and lived through, uh, what would you say the biggest fight? And we even have to be careful of our words anymore, right? Because we, we can't say, say the word fight. Word. It would be in, like inciting violence. I, exactly. So the, the biggest uh, point of conversation. Oh my gosh. It's right? <laughs> like what the biggest what fight. You, yes. Yeah. In America. What do you think that is right now? Oh, right now. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's for the children. Mm. I think that everything we do, um, everything that we don't stand up for is going to affect our children. And it's a scary thought to look at what the next generation is. Cause if, if the adults in the, in the liberal left are this stupid and, and I don't, I'm not even trying to be mean, if they're this ignorant and stupid and uneducated and unaccepting and intolerant and hateful. Imagine what kind of children they're raising. Yeah. Right. And for those of us that do not believe in the, the vile, disgusting, Im immoral, spiritually void things that they believe in, we've got to get our kids out of, out of their grasp. So right. out of public schools, um, into church, out of any government funded facility where you're leaving your children, your child, or your children unattended and unsupervised by yourself 
Mm -hmm. You don't know what they're indoctrinating them with. Mm -hmm. TV, woke TV stations, Netflix, Disney Plus. Like, I mean, I'm I'm far right, guys. Far right. I'm like, (laughs) nobody gets access to my child without me present, and nobody gets access to my child without my permission. That includes the government. That includes Disney. If if we let them, uh, Dan, you said this. We gave them an inch, right? They took a mile with our freedom. If you give them an inch of your child, it will take a mile. So that's a broad, what's the biggest fight? The kids, it's broad, but it's, it's parents needing to protect and, and take authority over their children in every single area of life. Mm-hmm. But that's right. work, Lindsay, that's yeah, work. I, know, I mean, I, I, know, you know, so I mean, hard. I didn't raise my kid. I didn't have kids till I had to raise them. Come on. <laughs> Not you know, all of us can be full-time activists. Right. Well, you're right, though. You know what? All it takes is 20 years of feeding this crap to the kids and they Mm -hmm. become the crap. Oh, man. All it it. all it takes is one year in public school and uh, one year in college. And these kids brains are so easily brainwashed. It's so easy. Right. Well, and going back to what you were feeling um, in Oregon and going through all that there is such a, a spiritual battle happening in this nation right now. Like you can cut it with a knife. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is the underpinning of so much of what we're seeing. Yeah. And um, so I, I do think that it's important to get your kids um, and not just in church. Cause there's a lot of woke churches out there. There's no really, yeah. you gotta be pastors. very discerning, very discerning. Oh but reconnected, just like we want to reconnect with our constitution. We need to Mm -hmm. reconnect our lives with, uh, that, that spiritual relationship, personal Mm -hmm. spiritual relationship with, um, our creator. Uh, but how would you say, I mean, maybe we're, we're defining it right now, but how does the average person like, so Oregon, all of that stuff, you're just living your life, having a family and a business, six Mm -hmm. businesses this all found its way to your doorstep. Mm-hmm. We were just gun shop owners and all this negative messaging about guns and gun owners found its way to our doorstep to the point that I couldn't be quiet anymore. And now we have a podcast. I'm not a journalist. Yeah. I'm not a, you know, I'm just a, a citizen who yeah. said, no, I, I want to tell my own story. Mm-hmm. Um, is it going to take that for every person? How do people get involved? I think so. I mean, I tell people all the time, the one call to action would be to pray about it. Pray about what you think, what you think God might use you for in your movement. If you're not doing something, then you're not living, you're not doing your part, right? You've got to be doing something. And and I that could be tiny. That could be just taking authority in your own family or your own kids. It could be that small. Pulling your kids from public school and either homeschooling or private Christian, um, helping someone else with their kids. It could be tiny, but if you're just living, just going about your day, living your life, and you haven't changed a thing in two years, mm. you are assisting the problem. Mm. And people need to be praying about, all right, Lord, you've given me gifts and, and characteristics and strengths and weaknesses that can be applied to this current spiritual battle. What are they and how can I use them? And that's what people need to be doing. People don't need it. Not every person on the earth has to have a podcast, but they need to be a voice like a podcast and talk to their friends, talk to their neighbors and fight Mm -hmm. back. Well, I can't use the word fight, but you need (laughs) to stay strong with your opinions and, and 
I, I don't know. It's it's bad. But you know, it's like us. I mean, we don't have kids, uh, young kids anymore. But how grandkids? How do you work, seven and live your life, and monitor the school system if you can't homeschool your kids? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to get a va- and you have to get active with the the school boards and find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. What are your kids learning? Ask your kids what they're teaching, right? Yeah. And yeah. and we don't. We just turn on the TV and kids go in the bedroom and that's it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's very so sad. much of, of what the other side, we'll just call them the other side right now, um, does. I think it's almost purposely designed to provoke us. Right? Mm-hmm. Like to make us do something. Um, that they can point at and say, see, they're the crazy ones. They're the yeah. violent ones. They're yeah. the ones that are f- talking about fighting all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And, uh, that is a very difficult balance to strike, especially when it feels like there is such an onslaught all the time, mm-hmm. um, towards our, our values, our way of life, you know, as you said, coming after our children, um, our show starts with a quote by Ronald Reagan. He's giving a speech and he says, you know, our rights are not in our, or our, our freedom is not in our DNA. It has to be taught right to the next mm-hmm. generation. Yeah. Um, and freedom is only one generation away. It's mm-hmm. not even a generation away anymore. It's no. like, it's an election away. It's yeah. like a, a blink away because we have been asleep for too long. Yeah. And, um, we need voices like yours. You, you are, you're a wife, you're a mom, you have owned a business. Um, and, and you have survived your survivor of what it looks like when we don't hold that line. Yep. And I've said this before, um, when I chose to open up again, not political, um, it was because if we were to have stayed shut down, we would have gone bankrupt. We couldn't pay our house. We couldn't pay our car payments. We didn't have money because our businesses were closed. Right. Oh, you can offset your mortgage. Great. So we're going to owe you $60,000. And like, it's not going to work for me. Oh, you, you can pay your rent on your salon later. Great. Well, my stylists aren't going to pay rent on a salon that they didn't get to use. Right. And I, so then I'm going to owe you $30,000. I mean, it made no sense why more people weren't at their wits end. Yeah. Um, if I had stayed shut down and complied, I would have truly lost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, bankruptcy, lost our home. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. And that is where I think people, it's sad that they haven't been pushed to that edge yet or yeah. that they were pushed to that edge and their choice was to still comply. Well, how about the people that say, um, oh, it doesn't matter if Antifa's burning down Portland uh, because all insurance. these businesses have insurance. So yeah. so it just makes you whole again because somebody's yeah. going to cut you a check. Like they have zero understanding. Mm-hmm. That is what they said to me after I got canceled for calling to arms. They said, you could have just filed an insurance claim. You're such a greedy, selfish, you know, B word. And I went, you think I owe it to a bunch of little white liberals to let them burn my salon down. And then it's fine for me to take the brunt of filing the claim, Mm -hmm. gathering the evidence, Mm -hmm. putting me months out of work because I don't have a salon. Like 
Right. You're so crazy if you think that that has zero consequences on me right. to allow someone to burn my business down. Right. Oh, it's fine. I'll just file insurance. No, I don't have a salon. And now 25 people don't have a salon, most of which all agree with you, by the way. Um, right. And now we have months of paperwork and it's, 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 I don't know why I feel like I need to say this stuff. It just seems like common sense, but it's, it's crazy. They don't have it. They don't have it. They don't. Well, we... to give you a little bit, bit of peace there, Lindsay, the things like BLM or BML or BLM, <laughs> they're, they're, they're crumbling. They're starting mm -hmm. to crumble. You know, they're finding out all this money that was spent the wrong ways. And so I remember a long time ago, we got audited by the IRS. Oh, I was so afraid because I did all the taxes. And I'm thinking, this is the end, right? My accountant uh, that I hired to fight them even said, you're in trouble. Uh -oh. and, you know, then I started listening and seeing how the IRS was getting in a bunch of trouble at that time. They were doing stuff wrong and they were doing million dollar parties and whatever. And I prayed and uh, Andy, Andy, Andy Stanley, I listened to some of his pastor, stuff. He's Stanley a pastor. And then, I, then my accountant calls me and says, you know what? They're going to owe you money. Mm -hmm. I'm going, what? He says, you made a mistake. It's not, it, you didn't do anything wrong mm -hmm. and uh, end up that what cost me $35,000 to fight it. But I did win and they had to give me money back, but not what I, what I paid to fight it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it's like, you know, it all comes down to God. He, he, mm -hmm he put me in a place and protected me. Mm -hmm. And I think the same thing for you, you're going to see these people that have been fighting you are mm -hmm. crumbling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to get your satisfaction one day. Yep. yep. Absolutely. All righty, my friend. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. We mentioned your book and then I forgot to ask you to say the title on air. So let's talk about that real quick and then tell folks how they can follow you and buy your book. All right. The book is called Targeted, One Mom's Fight for Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. You can buy it on patriotbarbie.com. And if you go to patriotbarbie.com, you can find everything. My clothing line is called Crown of Country. It's under the shop tab. Um, same with my book. My podcast has a page. Uh, you can subscribe and yeah, all those things. That's fantastic. Well, I am so proud to know you. And uh, it's just such an interesting thing to see you on the TV screen. And the next thing you, you move to the same state where we do our work and then we get to be at the rally together in February. Yes. Uh, yes, we'll get to meet and listen to her live absolutely. on February 18th at right. the state Capitol. Arizona state yep. Capitol. I'll be calling my people to come. We need, we need warm bodies. We do uh, yes. because not only that, that community building that happens there, but the visual that it sends to the people that think that, again, we're just this weird fringe element of mm -hmm. people who like to play with their, their guns, you know, yeah. no, we are serious moms, dads, uh, grandmas, we're every color, every um, religion, we're every socioeconomic uh, mm -hmm. on the scale. And when we come together it is to um, celebrate and protect our second amendment. And we get to do that together. Yes. Love it. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm, I'm very thankful. Thank you. Thank you. God bless Lindsay. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <clears throat> we need strong people like that. Yeah. You know, really bad she right welcome. now, especially with the political situation that we're in. So welcome her to Arizona. Absolutely. So, um, 
we do have to to run pretty quickly but i wanted to say that you know when the other side they do things that that try to provoke us well she recently spoke at a uh, i think it was a school board meeting mm-hmm. and she dressed up as a an actual cat like she was in the, a cat costume little whiskers drawn wow. on her face and the whole thing and um the reason that she did it was to speak back to some of this um, stuff going on in the schools about gender identity. So she was a cat. So she said, you know, well, I say I'm a cat. So you have to address me as a cat. Do you believe I'm a cat? Nobody on the panel would raise their hand that they believed she was a cat. And, you know, she's just trying to make a point. She's like, you know, do what you want as an adult in your home. I could care less, but, but with our children, when their minds and their opinions and, and their values are being formed, school is not the place for all this gender identity stuff. And so I really, I appreciated that. But the other side will look at her and say, oh, she's hateful and right. she's bigoted and she's, and it's like, no, that's really not the case. And just because you call her that doesn't make her that any more than her dressing like a cat right. makes her. Oh, I, I agree. I think it's clever. I love it. So um, super excited uh, that she's going to be coming out to the rally and bringing all of her fiery, uh, you know, just energy. And I hope she does do something with that Patriot Phoenix. I think it's so perfect for her. All right. Well, thank you so much to our amazing guest, Lindsey Graham, the Patriot Barbie. Thank you to our awesome listeners all over the planet. Yep. Thank you for spending your time with us. It's your most precious, valuable, and finite resource. And when you spend it with us, we don't hate that. Nope. Um, if you want to see any of our videos that we have ever posted, please go to uh, YouTube or GunStreamer. Um, a lot of the different places on on the web, we're growing that presence. So wherever you find your favorite podcasts you will find us there spotify even and um if you want to listen to the audio only version because maybe you're out for a long bike ride or a sunday drive or something and you can't have the screen on go to our website gunfreedomradio.com click the on demand tab and binge listens to your heart content darling he does it better than i do now i love it all right and if you want to see photos and bios and links to books and other uh works of all of our guests including lindsey graham go to the guest tab it's a tremendous and ever-growing resource um and uh until next time what are we going to do dan we're going to pray for our nation absolutely we're going to pray for oregon pray for oregon we're going to pray for our leaders even the ones even the ones okay like but you know we have so many brand new people who have stepped forward and and taken these roles of leadership um and to be representatives let's pray especially for them because just as you know whenever you start something new you're you're growing and building your way of doing that thing so as a new senator or whatever congressperson and you're wondering i wonder if danny and cheryl like me Well, I'll tell you what, guys, if you believe in this and you follow this, we love you. If that matters for anything. That's right. We We love you. Every one of them takes an oath oath. to protect and defend that in our Constitution or our Bill of Rights. So if you just follow this, you'd be surprised how many people 
will follow you. That's true. All right. I love it. Um, until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week. It's a really great week. Really great week in the new year. And God bless. Bye-bye.